This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. If we got to tell them that this might be it, so we need our best effort, we probably got the wrong guys here. Should be your best effort every time you go out there. We don't know what's going to happen. You guys probably know more than I do about Minnesota. I don't care about Minnesota right now. It's just it's it's Purdue for us, and we'll move on to Minnesota the next week. But our guys are just ready to play, and they've been they've been wanting to play every game, and you know it hasn't bounced our way some of the times. But these kids want to play football at the beginning of the year, and Coach Frost. You know, obviously fought to get them to play football, and they just want to play every chance they get. And so I'm not, I'm not worried about them thinking this could be their last game, or you know, we might have two more or anything like that. I know whoever we play, whenever we play, they're going to go out there and give it their best shot because they love the game and they just love playing at Nebraska. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was Nebraska's defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander, and I, former Iowa Hawkeye, and he'll be facing off against another former Iowa Hawkeye, a longtime friend of Nebraska football, Bob Diaco. Let's hear from Bob. There's no reasonable reason, considering where the defensive program was at, to believe that they should be able to do everything that needs to be done in the game. To, to win the game. The strain is spectacular, right? So we can just go back and look at the game. Then you see, do you see the strain? I mean, do you see it or no? There's just something that I'm missing. Right? You can't play a game like that. And, right? So the things that happened in the game create like an impossible circumstance to win. There's no... Reasonable Thank you, Bob. Uh, that's all we'll hear from you today, but we don't need to hear that one again. I just want to say that if, you know, that interview, if there's a camera angles that show uh, you in the background, and I just want to give you credit for not even cracking a smile and keeping somehow keeping a straight face during that incoherent rambling and acting like he, what he was saying made any sense. I was in whatsoever. that one, wasn't I? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, so there's a, there's a shot of you, and you, you know, you're giving him, like, head nods and, like, okay, yeah. I, I can see the strain, Bob. I w- <laughs> it's an all-timer. Yeah, Bob uh, Bob was an odd guy. I mean, and we'll get to see him at least one more time. He's in the division, and will he be back at Purdue next year? I think that's another question. And it's not like Purdue's defense has played terrible under no. Bob Diaco, but they have, they've only had one sack and one turnover force in three games. Sounds familiar. So it's it's a very bend but don't break, keep it in front of you don't rush the passer, don't force turnover scheme. It's basically Northwestern's defense without forcing turnovers. Yeah, yeah, with, without the quality of linebackers or anything like that. And to their credit, you know, they, they've lost some players, you know, with, with COVID and to injury and whatnot. And, yeah, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, they're right in the middle of the pack in most defensive categories. I mean, they're not terrible. They're not great. But, you know, as we learned here at Nebraska – Bob Diaco's coaching style and just his mannerisms and his whole presentation, it can wear you out. I mean, like, uh, there's the that that clip, and then there's one, I can't remember if it was after Wisconsin or whatever, where they asked him about the defense or, like, they, how they got blown out in that game. And he's like, these guys are all beautiful sons and uncles and cousins and fathers. And it's like, what are you talking about? And so, like, that kind of stuff, when you're not having a high level of success – you know, it makes it difficult to buy into that sort of stuff, especially. It's just fake. Yeah, especially, I mean, you just kind of look at them like, what are you even saying right now? And so when you're not playing at the level like they were at Notre Dame, 
that shtick doesn't quite hit home the way it uh, you know he probably hopes it would. I mean, he was just a fish out of water. He's the kind of guy like when he'd go out with a group of coaches and they all get like a bush light, he'd get a glass of wine. <laughs> I mean, and that's actually a fact. I I asked one of the old staff members. I go like, have you ever seen like Coach Diaco just kind of let loose and. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we were on a recruiting trip out west, and one of his buddies came, and he got a glass of wine. I mean, that, that, I mean, I'm sorry, that just doesn't really fit here. Like we saw him at the pool at our pool in the summer, and he's wearing like white linen pants with a cigar poolside. Well, Nate's picture of him on firing day, where he's walking in there with argyle, the, the argyle sweater, and the, probably the eight hundred dollar sunglasses. Well, and that's what that's that's a five hundred dollar sweater he's wearing. Like nothing that guy wore. Was yeah. like that, that. That will forever be my my lasting image of Bob Diaco is he, hearing him say, "Do you feel the strain wearing that sweater with those sunglasses?" He's the kind of guy that buys like thirty dollars pairs of socks. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's probably got two hundred dollars jeans, you know, Italian loafers and all that stuff. I mean, like you said, he's the guy that wears linen pants to the pool. So we'll see. Uh, well, you know why? Because he wants to hide that Iowa Hawkeye tattoo. Yeah. He and never wears shorts. The the Shenan- I don't think Shenander has the Hawkeye tattoo. I don't believe so. That was like a eighties, late eighties, early nineties Nebraska or Iowa Hawkeye deal. Bob Stoops has it. Bielma has it. Diaco apparently has it. But all these dudes that played in that era all got like the Cyhawk on their on their calf or their leg, and that's why he never wore shorts. Mm-hmm. Or he would wear shorts with high socks, maybe. Yeah, I, I think he always wore sweatpants. He would wear t-shirts but it was not only just uh sweatpants he'd wear long sleeves too and he would tuck his shirt into his sweatpants and hike him up and have his play card you want to show that pants. tattoo yeah, so anyway but yeah the, the defense for nebraska this week let's get on we only got yeah. a few minutes left here but it was fun <laughs> to have our diaco discussion but the defense here for nebraska i thought it was encouraging what they did against iowa but i'll say this purdue's got a better offense in iowa mm-hmm. um they've got two nfl receivers rondell moore david bell david bell and i think they're they're running back um, Xander Horvath, he's he's like an NFL H-backish type guy, and he's 6'3", 230. He'll give him problems. Mm-hmm. And Jack Plummer will start at quarterback because Aiden O'Connell has COVID. But Plummer's played well. He's 6'5", he's slippery, he's mobile. He played against Nebraska Beat last Nebraska year. Nebraska once. Well, no, O'Connell came in and won. Oh, that's right. O'Connell, he got hurt. I got him mixed up. But So I'm, this is a big matchup. I mean, I, I think Nebraska's going to get tested with those two receivers and that running back, Horvath, because he'll keep them on schedule. Yeah, and so when you have to worry about a physical running game like that where Purdue's just going to hammer Nebraska, and I'll, I, I predict Nebraska's going to be able to hold its own, but will it be able to be focused enough on the back end to not let those players get one-on-one matchups? Because if those guys get one-on-ones, you know, as, as well as Nebraska's corners have played at times, uh, that's a, a matchup that you know Bell's going to win more often than not. And if Ron, Rondale gets the ball in space you know he is difficult for for anybody first round draft picks at ohio state to tackle so uh they have to be i mean they always want to say sound assignment uh, and all that stuff reading your keys and having you know the, the right eyes that all all those cliches are going to be paramount this week because if that those safeties start creeping up and try to help out in the run purdue is more than capable of taking shots deep that can change the game you're listening here to the husker online show and you know, I think Nebraska, too, this week, uh, the line of scrimmage, can they win again up front? I thought they did win against Iowa. How about uh, Damian, Daniel, or Damian Daniels? 44 snaps in that game. Uh, the most he'd ever played in a game before was 32 a year ago, and he's normally like 20 to 25. So he got a lot of mileage. He had one of his more productive games. Casey Rogers had a good game. Ben Stilley had a solid game. Robinson, um, they need more production again from that group. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, again, going to be the defining point. Because if you can take away that run game and make Jack Plummer have to drop back and, and beat you with his arm, as good as Purdue's receivers are, I like your chances there. But when he's going to be most effective is uh, if, like you said, drives stay on schedule with those runs and you can take your play-action pop shots down the down the field. So, uh, yeah, the, front, the defensive front seven has to answer the call physically, and they have to do so uh, over the course of the full game. And seeing – progression by guys like Damian Daniels is, you know, you want to try to find bright spots this season, that defensive line and the young guys that have, that have really answered the call week in week out has to rank right up at the top. And I think Robin, we're going to get a higher scoring game in the, in the thirties on both sides. I mean, I think it's going to be a low thirties game, like a 34, 30, 31, 30, I mean, a very close game. I'm picking Nebraska and a nail biter to win. Um, because I think they're getting Purdue at the right time. Yeah, I did too. And Nebraska's got a lot of issues. They got their their own messes they got to figure out. But Purdue is, <laughs> you know, they're kind of a mess themselves right now. As we talked about, you know, I, I just don't know what the buy-in factor right now is with with what Diaco's doing defensively. And if they can, Nebraska's offense can pick up where it left off and and take it that next step from what Adrian Martinez that passing game was able to do against Iowa. There's going to be opportunities to put up some points, put up some yards, and maybe that can finally be the starting point to get this offense humming again. All right, we're going to hear more about Purdue. We're going to be joined by goldenblack.com's Tom Deanhart. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.